Hey, welcome to the Jerry Gherkin Show, where we get our kicks out of watching people succeed. I'm your host, Jerry Gherkin, and that time is now. A little fun fact about me, I started wrestling when I was in the fifth grade and wrestled all, all through uh, junior high, high school, in the Marine Corps, and in college. And so I have a, quite, a, quite a wrestling background, coached for over 20 years. And my guest today, Dante Smiley, is a professional wrestler. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, brother? I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to see you, man. You you get you got a lot of things going on though. You got primetime fitness training. Uh, yes, you sir. also have a uh, I like the name Bumps and Bruises Pro Wrestling Academy. Yep, <laughs> very relevant. Yeah, Bumps and Bruises, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> I think the misconception out there is that you know it's it's staged and it's you don't you, anybody can do it, but that really is a myth because. Yeah, there are some scripted things in there and it's entertaining, but but you have to be an athlete to do the kind of stuff that you guys do. Oh, yeah. No, I harp on, you know, because that Bumps and Bruises Pro Wrestling Academy, I'm the head wrestling coach there. It's uh, earned by Sir Mo, who's a former WWF tag team champion with King Mabel, who passed away a few years back and whatnot. But uh, so I'm the head coach there, man. And I tell my students that all the time, like it's a requirement for them to get in the gym and work out. And I tell them, I'm like, look, you ain't got to hire me when you go to the gym or anything like that, but you need to be in there working out. Cause they, I mean, it takes looking the part and you have to have good condition and obviously be able to hold people up when needed to, and all that kind of stuff to keep your opponent and yourself safe. So it's definitely a major aspect uh, as far as that goes with wrestling. Yeah. 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 So you've had quite a journey and a success story, and that, that's what we do on this show is we get our kicks out of watching people succeed. And, and man, I really enjoyed seeing you at Apex Live, and I'm glad that uh, you, you committed to coming on the show because everybody has a story, everybody has a journey, and I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about just a thumbnail sketch of, of your journey and where you've come from and where you're at now. Yeah, no problem. So, you know, grew up in a separated family household. As far as my parents go, originally from Oklahoma, my parents split at a young age. And uh, there was a lot about my childhood that kind of like broke me going into my adulthood. And, you know, some of it I didn't realize until I was adult and realized just some of the weight that I was holding on from those yesteryears of my childhood and teen years with uh, the things that I went through, the things that I've heard, the curses that I've heard over my family from alcoholism to drug addictions to, you know, manic depressive disorder, which uh, is like bipolar disorder, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff out there that really haunted my family as I grew up that I realized. But uh, when I was 13, my dad got custody of me. You know, he moved me out of Dallas. He moved me out of Dallas into the colony, Texas, which is where I ended up graduating in 2007. He got custody of me in 2001, right? At, it was after a few months after my 13th birthday. But once he got custody of me, man, I mean, it was smooth living for the most part in the colony. I mean, it was exactly what he said it would be, which is a nice area where I wouldn't get in trouble, kind of got out of the, um, I don't want to say that, that, you know, I was hanging out with gangs or anything like that because I wasn't. But I had a few relatives that I, I admired that were into that kind of street life. Uh, and I hung out with them all the time. So by default, as I got older, had I stayed in Dallas, I could have possibly ended up there because I was 100% a product of my environment when I was growing up with the things that I was seeing and the people that I was around. And I had a very addictive personality to people that were older than me. So I always hung out with older people during my young years. But at that time in the Dallas years, before my dad got custody of me, um, 
it would it could have haunted me later down the line. But luckily, he saw that, filed for custody, moved me out, ended up graduating and playing sports at the Colony High School, played basketball, played football, ran track. So I was a multi-sport athlete, ended up sticking with basketball for the most part going into my senior year. Got an academic scholarship partial to the University of North Texas. So I didn't uh, end up playing any sports in college. I could have played at JUCO's, NAI universities. I was talking to American University in Washington, D.C. as I was graduating. But um, I didn't want to do any of that, man. I was kind of burnt out, to be honest, as far as basketball went, because I played since I was five years old, year round, pretty much from rec league to AAU to school. So it was just kind of never in the cycle. I didn't really want to play anymore. So I took the partial academic scholarship to UNT. Met my wife there, started doing music my senior year of high school into my freshman year. Met my wife second semester of my freshman year. We've been together now 14 years, come this next February, which is uh, really awesome because she's been with me through a lot of stuff, <laughs> to say the least. Ended up leaving UNT, actually, to pursue my music career because a lot of things have picked up. And I was getting very busy and traveling a lot more. I was doing major festivals a lot, openings, doing small tours around Texas and different southern states. And uh, with being in the rap industry, I kind of lost myself a little bit because I started getting in to, I mean, like hard drugs, I mean, not hard drugs, party drugs, cocaine, acid, shrooms, everything pretty much outside of weed and everything outside of like shooting myself with a needle in my arm. I kind of did. So it was a lot of party drugs, just living the lifestyle, always kind of being on the go and living fast, really. But it caught up to me after a while, man, because as, as good as things were going, there was one night when I was throwing a show out in Denton, Texas, and a big fight broke out. And uh, there were some gunshots that were shot at there during this fight. Nobody got hurt, luckily. They were just shot into the air. But I had thrown shows for like five years up until that point, and it was the first time a fight, let alone any gunshots, had uh, happened at any of my shows. And I really prided my shows off the fact that I was throwing these rap shows with these different type of artists, and none of that never happened. And that was a big thing to me. And uh, so it did. And, uh, you know, I, I stopped doing music right after that. And that was in 2014 because I got real depressed after that and just kind of instantly lost my love for what the music business did for me, uh, even with everything that was kind of going down and uh, got out of doing them drugs and found wrestling during that time. I found wrestling and fitness right, right after that. So, you know, it was uh, a blessing in disguise, to be completely honest when I found wrestling and, and training, but about two years into wrestling and training, I dislocated my foot when I was working with a client. And it was my first major injury that I've ever had through all my years of, of fitness or being an athlete. And during that time, I got super depressed and got suicidal, felt like I had no self-worth due to the fact that I wasn't able to work. So I felt like as a man, I couldn't provide for my family without being able to work when I was injured. I couldn't wrestle. So I felt like I had no work to the fans and also couldn't provide because wrestling was a way. I also provided for my family outside of being a fitness trainer. I had three titles at that time when I dislocated my foot. So it was, it was like everything came crashing down. And uh, I got real suicidal to the point where I wanted to. Didn't do it, obviously, thank God. Because I prayed yeah, and I felt like God spoke to me during that prayer. And I went to church the very next Sunday. I got saved. And honestly, everything's been on the up and up ever since then. You know, I kind of went through 
that situation, but it was a, uh, it was the best worst thing that I could have went through at that time. Cause it made me really grow and figure out my worth as a human being and, and who I was, not what I did because before my worth wasn't what I did and providing entertainment for people in a way. And that's not where my worth was. I had to find out, you know, my worth is in who I am. My worth is in my family. My worth is in me figuring out who Dante Smiley was to the core of what my core values were and what I bring to the table to be able to help people and grow people and inspire people. And so everything that I went through in short was just a rite of passage to get me to where I'm going to, you know, over the next few years and where, you know, what people saw as far as the Apex Live event and what they see online with the motivational stuff. And then with me dropping the book and getting all these big, uh, these big happenings with wrestling when I get to go work for uh, all AEW, All Elite Wrestling, or any other big companies. At the end of the day, wrestling is going to come to an end, but a lot of the other stuff that I do is not going to. And so wrestling, luckily, as much as I love it, I know is is a great means for me to end up reaching more people for when my true calling needs to be had and be done when I'm done with wrestling and go into my next after this, whenever that is. It's just prepping me to get more people in my circle, get more people eyes on me. That way, when it's time to be done with wrestling, now I'll be able to touch a lot more of the world once we get there. Yeah, you're building your stage. You've already built your stage. Now it's a, it's about time you're going to be getting on it. And that's, that's really cool. Right. Touch on a few things I want to talk about. You know, being an athlete myself, I, I wrestled for a lot of years and a lot of levels and, and high levels. I think that very competitive and successful athletes share a quality and that's we have an addictive personality. Yeah. You mentioned that because we want to be on top. We want to win. We want to be number right. one. So what do we have to do to get And that? That translates over to everything. It's not just about sports. It's like, for me, I struggled with gambling. After I got done competing, I struggled with alcohol and gambling for a lot yeah. of years because I was still chasing that win or that whatever, that competition. Right. You know, when I first started selling cars, it was exciting because I sold a car and that was cool. I got that little dopamine right. or whatever. But then after that, you know, you sell enough cars, you have enough business. It's like, uh, what, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And so I was always chasing something and uh, to find, you know, that that next dopamine release. Right. I, I share that and, and I get that, man. So addictive personalities and success a lot of times go hand in hand, but we can we can redirect those personalities to good. But I think right. also, like you talk about the journey and it was all it was all divine intervention. I'm so glad that you got saved. And I'm so glad that you're in the position that you're in now to share your story with people. So they do have hope because hope right. is huge. If you don't have hope and yeah. a lot of times when we're in that deep depression, we're, we're feeling sorry for ourselves and what our situation is, you don't, you feel hopeless. And that's where the enemy jumps in your brain and starts telling you what you don't have and what you're not. That's what's cool about the G code and, and being grateful right. and, and repeating what you're grateful for. And, and all those things, you know, I think guys build their self, get their self-esteem from, what they produce from their job or what they do. Right. Just like you're talking about when you were competing and now you're not able to compete because you dislocated your foot. You know, it's like, now, now what, you know, I, I can't perform. I can't provide. So I'm a piece of shit. Well, no, that's not true. It's not, you're still the same human being. It's just that we allow that voice inside of our head to talk us down, beat us down. And then uh, just, just go into a deep, dark hole. And right. then I'm so glad that you came out of it and uh, you're doing what you're doing now. Can you talk a little bit about 13 floor mindset? Yeah. So the 13 floor mindset, uh, like I said, I got saved and then 
when it was, after I got saved, I started doing CrossFit. And when I was looking for a CrossFit gym initially from uh, kind of leaving what I like to call the global gym world, so like the LA Fitnesses, Fitness Connections, those kind of those kind of gyms, I went searching on Facebook because I didn't know of any at that time, to be completely honest. Didn't know too many people as far as any of my alignments that were CrossFitting at the time that I wanted to start, which was in uh, 2018, February 2018. And when I looked up and this is this is just a, a, a God thing, to be 100 percent honest, when I was when I Facebook CrossFit gyms near me on Facebook back in February 2018, the, uh, the closest one that came up to me at that time was one called CrossFit Templar. The only reason I messaged that gym outside of the distance, the, the distance thing for me, because it was five minutes, six minutes from the house, was because the picture I realized was the word of the year from the church that I was recently saved at a year before. Because And I recognized that from, from Pastor Keith's word of the year. Because in 2017, the word of the year was grow. And uh, that's what he had the picture of. And then he had some like bullet points. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I wonder if this dude goes to the same church as me. So that's what I messaged initially. I was like, hey, I'm looking for a gym, but do you go to Elevate Life Church? And you know what I mean? And he told me that he did. And then I told him what I was looking for in CrossFit. I mean, he invited me out, come check out the gym. And I kind of hit the ground running with that. But when I was there, I met a guy named Mark Zalmanoff, who's an Apex executive coach. There I met Mark. He underwinged me. He heard my story. He knew I was trying to go into business for myself because initially when I started at the gym, I wasn't. But he knew I wanted to be a private trainer and have my own training regimen. So he hit me up and, you know, underwinged me, man. Uh, and, and he didn't have to, uh, which is the beautiful thing, nor did I ask him to. He just kind of took it amongst himself. He saw the drive that I had through the work that I was already doing. and was like, hey, man, I've been in your position and I wish somebody was there to be able to help me like I'm going to help you. And we became friends that initially started as like a mentorship and us kind of be being gym associates. But now like we're brothers, you know what I'm saying? I was at, I was at his wedding and all that kind of stuff. And I always, I always kind of correlate a lot of stuff with how close you are with certain people based off of things like that. Are you invited to the kids' birthdays? Are you invited to the vow renewals? Are you invited to the weddings? Are you invited to the family holidays if they know that you're by yourself or whatever? Because I think that speaks volumes on how people view those actual relationships or when they bring you around their, into their personal life like that to that extent. And uh, Mark and I hit it off. So he undoing me, but as we know, Mark trains Ryan Stuman. You know, Ryan took to me a lot as well because, you know, Ryan has a rough past and he knew my rough past and my uh, and the addictions that I had and the things that I went through and appreciated what I was doing. You know what I mean? I saw this dude that was just pulling up in, you know, beautiful Lotus cars and, you know, nice trucks. And I was like, man, who is I didn't even know it was Ryan initially because, you know, he's such a humble dude, you know what I mean? And just a good person, like talking to him in the gym without seeing him walk out of his car, I would have never expected he was who he was. And that's the beautiful thing about the man is uh, he's just a genuine ass dude that's been super successful and wants to make more people successful as our whole group is, which is why we invite each other to podcasts and are doing all this stuff as much as we can doing life together. But, um, you know, Ryan had me come out and speak at a couple of his events and he came out and had me speak at one of his Flying Fridays. 
and at the Fly on Friday and one of the earlier, like smaller Apex Live meetups are always on the 13th floor of the Colonial Building out here in Addison. Typically, places don't have 13 floors. You know, even at hotels, they a lot of the time won't have 13 floors because it's like the suspicious. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was it was it was crazy to me where I had this epiphany that this place had a 13th floor. And not only that, on this 13th floor is where these meetings take place where a lot of good stuff happens. So to, it was beating the connotation of the 13th floor being or the 13th number being something that was bad. I viewed it as something good because my personal connection with it had to do with us being on these floors with these elite individuals that all wanted to, to do elite ass shit in the world. You know what I mean? And that's where I got saved at in another way, business-wise, was being up there. So that's why I call my mindset stuff the 13th floor because my mind got elevated on this floor. My family got elevated on this floor because my mind got elevated on this floor. And my business got elevated on this floor because my family life is good, because my personal life is good. And that's what the 13th floor is about. It's about being being well in, in your fitness, your family, and your business, you know what I mean? Which are the three keys that all go together because it starts with you, breathes into your family, which breathes into your business, the healthier you are. So it's just an elevated mindset of thinking is what it is. And with the key focus being on those three things, but I titled it the 13th floor because of what happens and paying homage to what happens on the 13th floor of that building when we have the Apex meeting meetups. And you have a whole section in your in your book that, by the way, Dante is a best-selling author. So we just kind of bring yeah. that one out. To yeah, thank you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. So your book's titled Unfuckwittable. Becoming up. Yeah, becoming unfuckwittable. Yes. Okay. So I'm in and there's a section about the 13th floor. So if you want to get his book, it talks a lot about his journey and, and there's a lot of wisdom, a lot of nuggets you can take away, but you can get that on Amazon. And yep. we'll have it in the show notes where you can see because it's got a unique spelling to it, and I, I really love it and how it's how it's put together. I don't know who designed Thanks. that. If you maybe you designed it, I don't know, but but that's pretty cool. Yep. So if you could leave one final message to the world that left an incredible impact on you, what would you say? Oh man, I think the most meaningful thing was realizing I'm more than what this world tells me I am because I'm more through Him who saved me personally yeah. you know yeah. what i mean and because I, I was so into the world when i was talking about my music stuff and got lost in that by being what i felt uh, a rapper should be and look like down here because of how we grew up viewing rap and what i knew it to be and i got lost where i got saved and realized it had nothing to do with that was when i got back in the church and it was taken you know, I had to I had to grow through what I went through to create breakthrough is what it was and, and realize this world doesn't tell me what I am. He tells me what I am and he tells me that I'm a king. He tells me I'm meant to do great things. He tells me that I'm meant to be a vessel on this earth and touch as many people speaking the gospel as I can. And that's what my mission is. You know, I'm an imperfect person sharing the word about about what the Lord has done for me through the successes that I've had since. I've gotten saved. You know what I mean? It's not directly reading scripture. I'm not the great, 
you know, memorization person when it comes to scripture and stuff. I know I have quite a few memorized, but I'm not that kind of person. Where, where I'm the vessel at is when I get to do things like this or people see me succeed and I tell them that I'm grateful and I thank God and genuinely thank God. Not thank God because I feel like it's supposed to be the thing that I do just because I have lights on me and that's what every athlete does. But genuinely thank him because there's a time where I didn't have them and I was way worse off. There's a time where I did have them and things were bad as well. Just because you have them don't mean things are perfect. But the thing is, you know that you could get through it because he tells us we're going to get through it when we will weather the storm. And that's the beautiful thing about the good book and him. So just know that you are more than what this world tells you you are. And you got to figure out what that is and what you're supposed to be doing and go get it. Yeah, you know, if you think about who did Jesus hang out with? <laughs> you know, or where did he frequent? You know, he, he was frequenting he the prostitutes, right. murderers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> out with all those people that you know you're not supposed to hang out with. But he did that because he wanted to be the example, and that's what you're doing. You're being the example, right. and you're being the vessel that you're supposed to be. And then you allow that Holy Spirit to just flow through you. And I, when I speak, sometimes I I don't even know what I said. You know, right. I'm, I'm up there and I'm going through it, and I'm just open and allowing it to happen. Right. And then at the end, I'm like. Was that any good? I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know like rewatch it. I got right. on video. I got to rewatch. It. I got to re-listen to that because I don't have a clue what I just said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know you're laughing hard because you know exactly what I'm saying. And for those of you out there listening, if you if you've been on stage, you and you know, and you and you're in that flow, and you just open right. it up, man. It's just like it's coming out. It but is. That, that's- that stuff happens when you just allow yourself to be in the moment. Don't, don't, don't worry. Don't think too much. Just kind of go. Cause I, and I always know when people have your own podcast, when people want to do interviews with you, when people want you to be on their stage, they're doing it because the one, they obviously know a little about you and know that you're able to share something, but two, they want you to be up there and be authentic. You know what I mean? Because the most authentic version of you is what attracted them. Because generally, the people that you attract are going to be a lot like you. So we can see through that, uh, you know, through through that, uh, we can see through fakeness. You know what I mean? We can see when people aren't being genuine, when people aren't being authentic. Because when we're around them, we can tell, you can easily tell when people are holding back and, and trying to zing too much or want to beat around the bush. And that's what I love about our family of choice when it comes to Apex. And my family of choice, even outside of Apex, is everybody knows exactly what Dante they're going to get because I'm the same Dante always because I don't hide anything anymore. I'm always vulnerable. I'm always an open book, either about the stuff that I've been through, my family's been through, I've been through, friends have been through, whatever it may be, because I know it can help. You know what I mean? And it takes that. A couple closing questions for you. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Ooh, the best piece of advice I've ever received was, uh, to be 100% honest, there's never a right time when it comes to starting business, when it comes to writing books, when it comes to you maybe not feeling like you should be on stage the first time you get invited on stage. I mean, I can name stuff for every aspect of my life, but there's never going to be a right time because whenever the time is called, that's when the right time is ultimately. And right then to start, there's never a good time to start anything. So you might as well start now since you've already thought of it because you're already there. And you're only postponing yourself if you wait next week to start, next month to start, next year to build that business or whatever it may be. Start now. What do you have to lose? <laughs> yeah, I like it. Dude, that's that's kind of like what I have up here. I have uh, do the next right thing. There's never right. the right time. There's never the right time. Just do it. 
You know, There's you get not, those thoughts and then then you allow that law of diminishing intent to take over because the longer you wait to take action, the less likely you're going to take it because waiting right. feels safe. Right. Commit first, it's, figure it out later. Right. And that's exactly how my that's how my business got started was Mark being like, so are you going to wait another three years to start? You said you've been wanting to do this for three years. Are you going to wait another three years? He was like, bro, he was like, just do it. Suffer for six to eight months while you build and grow and you'll be reaping the benefits from that point on. And he was 100 percent right. Drewby walking into the office. Hey, when's the book going to come out? I wrote one. You could definitely write one, too, because you have a lot of stuff that you could provide to the world. Oh, snow. I've never thought about that. I'm going to start tomorrow. <laughs> like it's, it's it's like you always think there's a better time to start when it's more convenient. And there's just not, man. They're just absolutely not. Same thing goes with me having kids. It was like, oh, I'd rather wait till I got this going. No, like when when I wasn't as successful with my first daughter, more successful with my second daughter, the work is still the same when it comes to taking care of kids. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> that matters. The work is still the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. Love it. Never of the right time. All right. Last question. How do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as somebody that folks never once saw me not giving my best effort in whatever it is I did. And I, I've actually, I actually talk about this in my book. I say, when I died, the one thing people will not be able to say about me is I didn't give my all to everything that I did. I try to be a living proof. I've tried to be the example. I tried to be the leader, however you want to put it, of what it takes, of the work it takes to get successful at whatever it is I'm doing. People see me parenting, they're going to see me giving my best parenting. People see me with my wife, they're going to see me in my best having conversation with her, not being on my phone all the time, being present in those moments. They see me at the gym with my clients, we're going to be having fun, we're going to be loving, I'm going to be strict, I'm going to be getting them to where they get to. They see me working out, even on days that I don't want to work out, because those are a lot of days that I don't want to work out, but I still do, because I know I have to do the work to make sure I get everything out of life that I want to. And people would not be able to say that they didn't see me giving my all. Same thing in business, same thing in wrestling, same thing when I coach my wrestling students. Everywhere that I go, where I'm at is where I'm at. And I'm always giving my all. People know I'm trying to seek the best out of them by giving my best always and so on and so forth. So I want to be remembered by somebody that no one ever caught not giving his best or whatever it is that he was doing in that very moment. That's amazing, man. That's that's one of the best ones. I asked all my guests this question, and that was one of the best responses that I've got. And I've had over 80 episodes. So, yeah, spot on, man. I can't wait to re-listen to this because, like I just said, I, I get lost right. in the moment. <laughs> hey, what all right. hey, bro. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time. I'm going to get you out of here and sure. get back to your day. Have a great weekend. Happy holidays. If I don't see you, probably see you sometime in the near future out there in Texas when we visit. Definitely, brother. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, remember yesterday's history. Tomorrow's a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. Make it a good one.